Welcome to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. As you listen to this message, our prayer is that you would be motivated and empowered to follow Christ and lead others to Him. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. We are so excited to be once again talking about the subject of the Great Commission, um, sort of using my book, Go, as a launch pad for these discussions. And today we're going to be looking at a hallmark passage of scripture for anybody interested in evangelism. And it is found in, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And I'm just going to read this passage, then we're going to talk about some of the significant um, parts of it and what it means for us with regards to the Great Commission. So the the verses uh, starts out at verse 35. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Dad, what a powerful passage of scripture. And what I'd like for you to do is just maybe just share something that stands out to you regarding the heart of God from this passage for the lost. Thank you very much, Josh. Uh, I'd like to start with the first verse. Uh, it breaks down Jesus's ministry mm-hmm. into three distinct categories. Mm-hmm. In fact, it kind of is showing us that everything that Jesus did ministry-wise went into three different categories. It says he taught in the synagogues, he preached the good news of the kingdom, and he healed every disease and sickness. Now, teaching the synagogues is like uh, he's addressing his, his message to people who are already believers, mm-hmm. all right? In other words, that's like what we do when we spend time with other believers, building them up in the Word of God, all right? Edifying uh, each other, sharpening each other. That, uh, then he says he preached the good news of the kingdom. Well, preaching the good news of the kingdom is something very different from teaching in the synagogues. Mm-hmm. That's why they differentiate it. Preaching the good news of the kingdom is this. The good news of the kingdom is the evangel. That's the Greek word for good news. It's the euangelion, Mm -hmm. the good news message. That's evangelism. Yes, it is. Jesus was evangelizing the unsaved. So he spent time doing what? Uh, Building up believers. He spent time evangelizing the lost, the unsaved of his day. And then he says he healed every disease and sickness. So he went around, uh, whether the people were believers or not, he went around praying for the sick, looking for them, seeking them out, and uh, eagerly uh, praying for miracles in their lives to happen physically. So I think for me as a full-time minister, this has been such an impactful verse for me. And it's really driven me to keep my focus. In other words... I need to continually ask myself, and I do, are the things that I'm doing distractions from one of these three key points? Because as ministers of the gospel, whether you're an evangelist, a pastor, uh, or any other type of full-time minister, 
you, we need to be asking ourselves, if we want to do Jesus' ministry, we need to be uh, certain that what we're doing is either building up the body, evangelizing the lost, mm -hmm. or healing the sick. And actually, we want to be doing all three of those. This is an excellent point. And, you know, you'll hear people say um, all the time, like, well, we, we want to be like Jesus. Or, um, you know, back when I was growing up as a teenager, there was um, people would wear the what would Jesus do bracelets, mm. you know. And Jesus, of course, for every Christian, should be our role model and our example, which, which he is. But what I find interesting here is when you actually consider the ministry of Jesus, when people say things like that, like I want to be like Jesus, the ministry of Jesus is this threefold ministry, Amen. teaching preaching, and healing. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that when many people say they want to be like Jesus, they don't even maybe think of any of those things. That's right. And yet that was the primary mission of Jesus. That was the ministry that he was involved in. And I think that as Christians, not just ministers or true. evangelists or That's missionaries, but all Christians, if we say, hey, we are to be imitators of God, or Paul said, you know, imitate me as I imitate Christ. If we want to imitate Christ, then we all need to be doing this. Exactly. And, and it doesn't mean maybe your occupation is as a teacher of the Word of God necessarily. Uh, you and I both teach at a great uh, Bible college here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Victory College. And so, you know, that part is that that is part of our occupation is as a teacher. But you don't have to be a teacher in order to teach the Word of God. You can teach in your Sunday school classes at your church, or you could teach a small group at your home, or you can teach your children the things of God. I mean, every single day um, I, I do that, and that's, that's the most important ministry I have. And so, you know, you think about um, that is, is so important. And then preaching, as you so you know said so well, preaching... Um, the teaching was happening in the church, sort of building up, raising up disciples, and yet the preaching was decidedly evangelistic. It was Amen. trying to get new people to come into the family of God. And then healing. Mm -hmm. Healing was a an essential part of the ministry of Jesus, which it's always baffling to me when I hear about Christians who don't believe in divine healing anymore. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm thinking, well, listen, if it was that important to the ministry of Jesus, don't yeah. you think it should be important to you? Mm -hmm. And and if Jesus preached and he taught, why would you think, and you, as a result, think you preach and teach, then why would you think that you wouldn't also heal? You realize that 20% of the verses in the Gospels are verses about stories for healing Absolutely. and deliverance? Yeah. Like, this is an essential part of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And for those of you who are listening... Just as you do not have to have an official vocational role within ministry in order to preach or to teach, so too you, you can heal. God wants to use you as his healing hands in our world. Uh, physical healings, of course, but also you know emotional healing and um, mental healing. Uh, we live in a world right now where people are suffering from all sorts of of demonic attacks, not only the physical, but also in the mental and, and um, uh, emotional side of things. So clearly we see here the threefold ministry of Jesus. I think the thing that's so awesome about, I mean, look, everything is so awesome about Jesus, right, Josh? Yes. But 
the thing that's so cool about the way Jesus reproduced himself, the life of God, into his apostles is that they did exactly the same things as he did. They got it. Yeah. So, like, you see Matthew 9 describing the, his threefold ministry, you might say. But look at Acts 5. It says at the end of Acts 5, yeah. after the apostles, all of them yeah. were uh, persecuted by yeah. the uh, Jewish, Jewish authorities. It says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house. So that tells us they had both a public ministry with many people in yes. the temple courts, but also a private maybe ministry one-on-one. You, on one. you would say that maybe that was the, the preaching, was the public ministry, and then in the, in the house-to-house... That was almost more like the teaching ministry. Well, yeah, and then it explains that. It says, they never stopped teaching yeah. and proclaiming or preaching preaching the good news that Jesus is the Christ. In other words, the disciples got it. Yeah. They watched Jesus. He was one-on-one -on -one with people who uh, needed to get saved. He was massive groups of people also yeah. preaching to believers and unbelievers <laughs> alike. The point is, is, and then, of course, you look throughout the whole book of Acts. Yeah. Peter, Paul, and John, and all the others, uh, they went around just uh, healing everyone who came to them as well. Mm -hmm. But that's what they did. Yeah. They preached to the unbelievers, they taught the believers, and they did it publicly and privately. Yeah. And then they went about healing people. And you look at all the things that they did in the book of Acts, it's pr I think it's all in one of those three categories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, just to expound on that, I love, it says, you know, Jesus, what did he preach? He preached the good news about the kingdom mm -hmm. of God. Well, the, the word good news there, that's the word gospel. Yeah, that's what is. good news means. Mm -hmm. or that's what the gospel means is good news. He's, he's not, you don't have to have all the answers. You When you go around preaching to people, you don't have to preach about all these deep theological things. You just preach the good news about the kingdom Hallelujah. of God. What did Jesus do for you? How he saved you? How he rescued you? You know, uh, the, the the lyrics of Amazing Grace, I was lost, but now I'm found. Mm -hmm. I was blind, but now I'm seen. That's the gospel. Mm -hmm. And you just share about the gospel. You share about how Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the dead. And now he is alive and, and is, you know, come to save us all. And, and that that's the simple message of the gospel. And that's what Jesus did. He, he wasn't here to cause divisions about denominational beliefs and these sort of fringe discussions. And those all have their place. But when you talk, talk about ministering to lost people, mm -hmm. talking to the unbelievers, man, let's focus on the main thing, which is that uh, Jesus has come, died, rose from the dead because he loves you. You're a sinner separated from God. But Jesus came to restore that relationship Hallelujah. with God. So that's the good news. Preach the good news of the kingdom. The other thing that I love in this is that it says, and Jesus healed some diseases? No. Most diseases? No. All. Every right. disease and oh, sickness. Man. It says he, he healed every kind of disease and illness. It wasn't just like Jesus healed um, all the even the people that came to him, which is a fact, a, a feat in and of itself. This is he healed every kind of disease and illness. Like it, it would, it would make you to believe that whatever sickness you could dream up, Jesus healed that sickness during his ministry. You realize what we have written in the Gospels is a fraction of what Jesus did. In fact, That's the right. Apostle John at the end of his Gospel says, "If all the things that Jesus did 
and said were written down, the whole world wouldn't be able to contain the books that would be written. So we we can know that Jesus, according to this verse, he healed every kind of sickness and disease. It, it's it's just fantastic to me. Not only was he able to heal everybody who came to him, but it would seem that everybody that had any, any different kind of sickness came to him, and none of them were any match for Jesus. I think one of the key questions that a lot of people ask us through the, have asked us through the decades in our ministry, because of course we have a healing ministry by God's grace, and we've seen you know literally thousands of people cross the stage at our crusade meetings over the decades testifying to physical healings. It's been a m- remarkable. But I think one of the things that people ask us, Josh, and you'll attest to this too, is, is you know, why aren't, isn't everyone healed uh-huh. uh, that you prayed for? Or why, how, what percentage of people do you think are healed that you prayed for? And <clears throat> I remember, I, oftentimes I give this uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek remark to, that Oral Roberts made years ago. Oral Roberts, of course, is probably America's most, uh, you know, pro- renowned healing evangelist of the past century and you know we live in Tulsa Oklahoma and uh, both you and I Josh are graduates of Oral Roberts University yeah and so we go we've gone to the university that bears his name and then he founded but you know people ask him those questions too you know how many people do you think uh, what percentage of people you think have gotten healed through the years through your ministry and he's like right well I don't know the answer to that for sure, but here's what I've found, and this is where his tongue-in-cheek remark, cheek remark comes in. He said, I will say this. The more people that I pray for their healing, mm-hmm. the more people get healed. That's right. And so it's like, you know, the Bible tells us that freely we have received, we should freely give back. Jesus tells us that. Um, we ourselves who've received the, the blessings from Jesus from heaven, whether it be healing, salvation, deliverance, whatever, uh, we need to be generous and liberal yeah. in our uh, giving of those blessings back to people. So we need to be actively seeking out people that we can pray for. And uh, have, has everyone who's, who we prayed for uh, over the years been instantly healed miraculously? No. But I'll tell you this, we, uh, the more people that we pray for, the more people do get healed. It's, it's a great point. Um, so this is, is just really cool to see the, the ministry of Jesus here sort of outlined in just this uh, easy to, to read and understand. Jesus taught, he preached, and he healed. Mm-hmm. If you want to be like Jesus, then I encourage you to teach, to the belie- teach believers, to preach to unbelievers, mm-hmm. and to heal every kind of disease and sickness. We're also going to look at the next verse today, and then next time we'll sort of focus on the final two verses of this passage. The next verse says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Dad, when you read that, what what sort of stands up to you there from uh, verse 36? I mean the compassion of Jesus. It's the heart of Jesus in, in action. I mean, look at what the, the you know, people talk about in leadership training classes, etc. all the time. What's your mission statement? What's your statement for your life? And yeah. they can do that in a secular sense and also in a 
in a you know Christian set. Yeah. Um, everyone needs to have kind of an overarching mission or principle that's guiding their life, their calling, so to speak. And when Jesus uh, lived his life, there's a recurring refrain in the New Testament as it describes Jesus. It says that Jesus, and as he describes himself, mm-hmm. it's, he says, the Son of Man has come mm-hmm. to seek and to save that which was lost. Yeah. Jesus had complete clarity about what his vision for coming to earth was. It wasn't just to preach some nice sermons. It wasn't just to alleviate the, um, the bad conditions on the planet in this you know, temporal life. Yeah. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to do what only he could do. Only he could come, mm-hmm. live, die, rise again, and save our souls for eternity. Right. And that's precisely what he did. Uh-huh. He came, we were all lost. We are all lost without Jesus. And only he could do what he did. And so that was his mission statement. And so uh, the compassion that in verse 36 it says Jesus had compassion on the unsaved. Well, I'll tell you, uh, that's the heart of Jesus. That's the heart of God. And so when people pray for the heart of God, God, give me your heart. Give me your heart. What is God's heart? God's heart is exactly what Jesus' mission statement was, to seek and to save the lost. Yeah. He had compassion on them. We need to be zealous in going after the sheep that are strayed away. Mm-hmm. He uses that image. You know, they're like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. He, in, a, in another place, he talks about the 100 sheep and one of them wandered off. And the shepherd was not content with just the 99 being safe. He went out and searched for the lost one to bring that person home. And that's the heart of God. That's the heart of Jesus. 100%. You know, I, um, you can see compassion was the motivator there. And, and it needs to be for us as well to have a heart of compassion. And the thing that uh, stands out to me also is, you know, Jesus says there he had compassion on them because they were, um, they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You know, to me, that sounds a lot like the world in which we live right now. Absolutely. People who are blown by every wind of teaching yeah. and they don't know what to believe for themselves. They believe one thing one day and something else the next. They they don't think for themselves. They just follow whatever the media will tell them or whatever you know this person or that person will tell them. And it's so important that as believers that we anchor ourselves in the unchanging word of God, that we don't just follow the wind of teaching, that we don't just be blown by the waves of this world, um, and that we just follow whatever is, is you know fed to us. Uh, but we are called to be um, leaders and, and not just sheep without a sh- You know, sheep without a shepherd, they don't know where they're going. They don't know what they're doing. And before they know it, they'll be lost and they'll be dead. Mm-hmm. And Jesus saw that that was where the generation that he was ministering in was headed. And he wanted to make a change there. And um, so, too, we live in a similar generation, a herd generation. And it's very important that we preach the gospel, even if it goes against the grain, even if it's not what the mainstream media or what the culture or what the government may prefer. We need to do what God has called us to do. Um, These these are powerful verses here and just pregnant with uh, importance and meaning. 
And the next two verses, 37 and 38, are really just so fantastic for the evangelist and for every believer. And next time, we're going to dive deep into the metaphor that Jesus uses for the loss, which is a harvest field. Hmm. And it is a a wonderful uh, way for us to describe the type of evangelistic ministry that we are called into. So we pray that this has been a blessing to you today, that you would be encouraged, that you would go and teach and preach and heal, and that through you the lost may come into the family of God. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. For more information regarding Wagner Ministries International, go to wagnerministries.org. And if you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at wagnerministries.org. God bless.